When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Guys, of Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and ScoreNorth.com. Yes, Minnesota sports. Mackie and Judd. Uh, tomorrow night is going to be interesting, gentlemen, at Target Center. I expect the atmosphere to be incredible. Wolves fans have actually been great despite the tumultuous season. I haven't looked at like the attendance. Uh, Standings, but the fans that do show up have been loud. They've been engaged. They boo a little bit when the Wolves blow leads and things, but you know, that Lakers game a couple weeks ago, not the playing Lakers game, but the home game against the Lakers that I believe was actually on national TV, right? Wasn't that an ESPN game? And that that crowd was just ready to unleash, and the Lakers just stuck a fork in the Timberwolves early. So I hope for the fans' sake they get their money's worth tomorrow night. But how are you feeling here, Judd? We'll start with you. I just feel like this game tomorrow night, there's so many things that could happen off of it if they don't win it. You know, are mm-hmm. they are they really going to, if if they blow another, and Doogie told us it's 11 blown double-digit fourth quarter leads for the Wolves this year. 11! Mm-hmm. Double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Poof, gone, loss. Yep. If they stack another one tomorrow night, I just I'm so curious to see what happens. And so that's that's you know, it starts tomorrow night, the fork in the road. Which way will they go? I think if you lose tomorrow night, that something has to change just for appearances sake, like just for the product's sake. Um, but the wolves being the wolves, and this is what's to a certain degree maddening about this team, because the thing to keep in mind is this team has talent. This is not a talent problem. Like, this is not a old-school Wolves. They drafted all the wrong guys, and basically they got one guy they can play, and everyone around that one player sucks. This ain't those Wolves. And with what they've done, and again, the personality of this team is damn near despicable, but I think they'll win because that's how they sort of operate. Like, I don't, I no, I don't think that they then uh, go and beat the top-seeded Denver Nuggets, but, like, this team very much is, like, has the lead, right? The Lakers game. Looks great for part of that game. Then they then they find a way to look awful and blow it. And so now you're like, okay, that's it, right? It's like the Pelicans game. The Pelicans game, they came back and won. They had no business. I mean, they have fighting on the bench. So I actually think that this team, being, for lack of a better term, as schizophrenic as this team has been, I think that they come back now and win uh, because, you know, Phil, I continue to make this comparison. To me, it's the Preezy and Suter Wild. 
which was the Furious Rallies, which was a team that every time you're like, okay, you know what? Let's just be done with this crap. I'm tired of this. Um, They're they're like, no, 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 we're not dead yet. So I wouldn't be surprised if Ant comes out and has a great game. I won't be surprised if Cat comes back and after disappearing in the fourth quarter actually has a good game. That's the maddening thing about this team. Now, if they win tomorrow night, do I think their problems are all solved? Absolutely not. If Tim Conley's smart, He's not going to look at a win tomorrow and be like, whew, okay, things are good now. I think that there's changes, cultural changes, to be made regardless. Uh, But if they come out and lay an egg, it will be very interesting. Because while I'm with Dukes, I don't think Glenn Taylor is going to pay Chris Finch to to sit on his couch and not work. Um, Boy, it'll be intriguing if they lose and melt down because, you know, I'm with you, Phil. We've seen a lot of things from Chris Finch. Some, like his basketball mind, are good, but this team seems to lack anyone who's in control. Yeah, well, real, real quick, because so, so Doogie was telling you guys on uh, the bonus scoop session, then he also talked about today on on uh, Reckless Speculation scoop session, that he would be shocked if Glenn Taylor, who hated having to pay Tom Thibodeau to sit out and not coach the Wolves, that he would hate to have to do that again with Chris Finch. But if Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie have decided, listen, we just, uh, it's not working. I think those, especially Mark Laurie, just as kind of a more new agey business person, right? Fail fast. If you, all right, if you make a mistake, don't compound it by trying to stick with it because it, oh, well, we put faith in this person. They also didn't make the decision to bring Chris Finch in. Neither did Tim Connolly, right? Chris Finch was there when all those guys came in. So, I get the, the Glenn angle. Him. Yeah, but like they extended Last him because April. his contract was up after the It was like one year left on his contract, right? So they didn't want him to be a. It was, he's not one of the highest paid coaches in the league. So mm-hmm. I guess what I'm saying is I don't think that if, if, if it's decided that Chris Finch is not the guy to mold this thing, Glenn may put up a fight because he's old and stubborn and sick of paying coaches, which he's been. How many coaches has he paid to sit out in his career, right? As an owner. I'm saying oh, that. God. A-Rod and Laurie might fight that and say, hey, if it's not, if he's not the guy, he's not the guy. At the end of the day, like, you know, this is a $2 billion organization, so let's figure it out. Um, no, Dex, where are you at going into this game tomorrow night? Yeah, it, it's a huge game. Um, I'd love to see them be in the playoffs. The Wolves fans deserve it. They would like to see some type of payoff, even though you're going to have to play a one seed. You know, I know a lot of people don't give the Denver Nuggets a lot of credit for being that one seed. Like, people kind of mock them a little bit because they're Denver. They don't have, like, all the sexy players. They don't have the headlines like L.A. does and whatnot. But and I do think the the Wolves could put up a halfway decent fight against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, but everything is on the line there tomorrow. Um, it kind of reminds me of you put all this core together. You went all in here. Can you really just continue to run it back? Like, and, and Rudy Gobert, ha- it has, it's had his ups had its downs um but you're probably stuck with him for the future so like i i don't know if someone's going to be a sucker enough to take him off your hands here so you have to go in with with this is your your core for one more try here and see where it see where it leads you um i think they can win i think they can beat okc i know they've given them some fits before uh but they can kind of make up for uh what has been a disappointing regular season if they can beat the thunder and get into the plan i think yeah i think if they win, you kind of said it there. If they win, you at least avoid the nuclear disaster of getting beat 
in the plane, right? You just, okay, whew, that's a little bit of an exhale. Cat missed almost, you know, what, two-thirds of the season, and the Rudy integration did not go smoothly, and you had all these things happen. But at least you made the playoffs for the second year in a row for the first time in almost two decades. Mm-hmm. Just if you, if you kind of zoom out from the muck, there is something to be said organizationally in just getting to the playoffs twice in a row for the first time in almost 20 years, as pathetic as that sounds. So you can, you can at least avoid that embarrassment and that disaster. And I could actually see them giving Denver some problems in a, in a playoff series. They, they would give Denver more problems if Jaden McDaniels was available and if Nas Reed, if, if their bench wasn't like, you know, maybe having to play Nate Knight for five minutes or something. They're, and Jordan McLaughlin has turned into a complete pumpkin. So they're kind of forced to lean on these guys that they otherwise would have out of their rotation because depth, right? Uh, but, but even without the depth, I could actually see them, if they win tomorrow night, giving Denver some problems. And if they win, even if it's only like a five-game series against Denver, a playoff series for Anthony Edwards is valuable at age 21. Last year, he got a taste of it. The more you can get him in these big games, you know, the heart's racing, you're playing through injury, you're playing, you're playing at that playoff level intensity. There are a lot of good things that can come from winning tomorrow night. But if they lose, if they lose, what questions have we really answered compared to like 10 months ago? That's my, that's my biggest thing. Have you answered the can Rudy and Cat play together question? Have you answered the are you a contender in the Western Conference question? Some people might say yes. The answer is no. But the Wolves might say, boy, too many crazy things happened this year. We have to we almost have to run it back just to see and prove, you know, it's almost kind of a wash because of the cat injury and all these other things that happen. But if they lose, there's also questions about Tim Connolly, which there already are. There's questions about Chris Finch, which there already are. But all of these things will permeate into June and July if you don't beat Oklahoma City tomorrow night. So let's go back, though, to what you, you said, Phil, because I think it's an interesting point, and it's an unknown. Lori and A-Rod and the control that they have, okay? So first of all, keep in mind, too, when the Gobert trade was made, this was supposed to become a playoff team, not a play-in team. This was supposed to be like a 50-win team. This was supposed to be a team that finished firmly within that top six. They failed miserably. And yes, guys got, got hurt, but here, but that, that always feels like such an excuse because guys get hurt. It's going to happen. Yeah. The other thing that you brought up, though, that I'd be interested to explore in this conversation is your rip the Band-Aid off, it's not working theory, as you applied to Chris Finch. But I would say this, could it be applied to Gobert instead? Because it's been a disaster. Like there is no there it's he is fighting on the bench with teammates. He clearly like I, I think it's too simple to say, well, they suspended him and that's a, a mistake. Those conversations, I don't think one guy just said, let's suspend him. I think the team privately is like this guy is a pain in the ass. And we sort of saw it for three quarters. It feels like team, his teammates tolerate him at best. Yeah, right? Yes. Yeah. Even like, it feels Mike, like he's a, a drain. Even Mike Conley, who played with him before kind of came yes. in and said, you know, there's just a certain way that you have to communicate with him. And he, he yes. didn't come in and say, I love Rudy. Oh, my God. He said, yeah, I've, I've kind of do- done this before with Rudy, and I know how to make it work, you know. And Rudy's not, I don't think, good enough to substantiate that. Like, I don't think he's in, in that elite. Yeah, he's a pain in the ass, but my God, he does so much well. So I guess my question would, would be to go back to what you said about 
deciding quickly that something is not working from a Lorian A Rod perspective, would it be Gobert? Where they say, you know what, we are not going to get back what we get, gave up, which is sort of what makes the cat idea a little bit more palatable because you would get a lot back. But would they say, Gobert is such a drain that we all made a mistake, but let's act on that mistake now. Let's not try and bang our heads against the wall trying to make something work when you have, it seems like, a large group of people that can't stand the guy. Yeah. But then, so, yeah, it's, and I I don't think you can factor in what you gave up in your decision-making this summer. You have to, like, it's kind of like the the 49ers. Well, the 49ers are an actual really well-run organization, so it's not totally like the 49ers, but the but the 49ers gave up a boatload for Trey Lance. And then like a year or two later, for injury reasons and other reasons, and the fact that they're such a good organization, they just found another young quarterback in the seventh round in Brock Purdy, right? They decided, oh, man, yeah, he's just not going to be our starter anymore. Like they're not thinking about, well, we have to keep jamming this into the wrong keyhole because of what we gave up. They gave up what they gave up, and then time passed. And now circumstances changed, and and they might wind up just trading Trey Lance for like thirty cents on the dollar. Those those are some of the rumors that are out there in the NFL. So I would say if if you lose this game, especially tomorrow night, it does warrant a much closer look at a major change or two. Then you have to decide: should that let's say it's between Cat and Rudy, you just decide. All right, we need we need to just create some more space for Ant here. We need to we need to turn one of these $40 million chunks into something else, different assets, right? Yep. Is it better to trade Rudy Gobert? Reckless speculation Thursday here. Safe space. Okay. Reckless speculation. Is it better to trade Rudy Gobert for 25 cents on the dollar and just put your tail between your legs and admit to the whole world what half of the world was telling you a year ago, this is dumb, and just get what you can? or would it be better to get more for Carl Anthony Towns? You get draft picks, you get current players, right? Um, and almost like double down on the Rudy experiment by keeping him and, and trading Cat and getting other pieces around. And my my gut says at this point, I would rather, if they lose tomorrow night and a big move is necessary, I would almost rather just rip the Gobert Band-Aid off and see if you can get compliment like a complimentary piece or something or but you'd have to take back probably yeah. a bad contract or two as well yeah. which is yeah. like it's so hard <laughs> yeah i think if, if you're going to trade gobert then you're going to have to inherit an equally as bad contract right i mean just from the swapping and and that stuff you're gonna have to inherit a pretty bad contract with cat you can recoup what you lost in the gobert trade with the first round picks and whatnot so you, you'd be getting better returns for cat obviously but can you find another can you basically find another bad contract, but is it a better fit for you? That's yeah. kind of what they have to figure out. Yeah, it's Here, – go ahead, Judd. Here's the problem. I can make very good cases from, from both standpoints that both guys should be gone, and that's the problem. Um, personally, I would trade Cat, and here's why. I don't think he's going to win. I don't think he's ever going to, unless he is the third guy on, on a team, you know, um, then he would certainly have a chance. But as far as being your alpha – I lead this team. I don't think Carl Anthony Towns is ever going to sniff an L-O-B that way. But the Gobert thing, 
I think the experiment from for, forget on the floor. I think the experiment from a, a a cultural locker room guy looks like a disaster. This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Yeah, I, so to your to your cat point real quick, I actually, it's funny, before we hit the mics here, I actually wrote down the three questions, like the three organizational questions that I would have if I were Mark Laurie or Glenn Taylor. All right, I'm the owner of this team, and I want to know why this why that and why the other? And one of the first questions I would have, because again, he's the centerpiece of your franchise. He's a super max player. He's in his prime. My first why question is, why are the Timberwolves 60 games under 500 in eight years with Carl Anthony Towns when he plays? When he plays in a game, the Timberwolves are 60 games under 500, including playoffs in eight years. Yep. Why? I want to know. I'm I'm not blaming him for everything. I know the organization has had a hard time finding the right coach and all these things. Like no one's saying it's all on him. But if you are really that impactful, this is basketball. This isn't the NFL where like there's 53 guys on a roster. There's 22 starting players. You need more than just one guy. In the NBA, if you have a Shea Gilgis Alexander, your franchise has been changed, right? If you have the guy, your franchise has been changed. And I'm just wondering. In the first couple of years, you might say, all right, well, it was a young nucleus with Levine and Wiggins and whatnot, but but then Jimmy Butler got here, and they were above 500. Then Jimmy Butler goes away, and they're garbage again. Why are they Why are they garbage, or why are they still fighting to be 500? Why are they nowhere near 50 wins ever in the eight years of Carl Anthony Towns? That's, mm-hmm. I don't have all the answers, but I would want to know. My second question is, why 19 blown double-digit leads? Finch, again, I'm the owner coming in here. Finch, Rudy, Carl, Ant, everyone. Even the peripheral leader guys like Torian Prince, Kyle Anderson, Mike Conley. How is that possible? 19? Dude, you only play 82 games. You're telling me one in every four games, the Wolves blow a double-digit lead and lose. <laughs> That's and your defense insane. Was, and your defense was supposed to be markedly better. Like the whole thing was to lock that lead down. Yes. And, and then, you're nearing 20. And then my third question would be, okay, guys, why are we seemingly the most undisciplined team in the entire league? Why do we lead the league in technicals, in flagrants? Why are we, blow, I mean, the blowing leads thing kind of falls in this too. Why are we fighting? Well, it's just basketball. And, you know, the intensity's high. The fight that happened between Rudy Gobert and Kyle Anderson fits in the punch, the Jade McDaniels punching a brick wall behind a curtain. It all fits into this lack of emotional intelligence, lack of being able to control, you know, how you react to situations as an organization. If someone can answer me those three questions, they can keep their job or avoid getting traded. If I am Mark Laurie or if I am Phil Mackey owning the Timberwolves. Question three is Chris Finch. Question three, there's no question about it. Watch him coach a game. And look, he knows a lot. I'm not saying he's bad. He is a good technical coach. But when you lack discipline, when you lack ability to control yourself clearly on and off the floor, 
that comes back to a guy who always looks and I just to be very clear here, unlike Tibbs, I actually like Finch. Like Finch seems like a decent guy and, and he is a definite basketball lifer. So this is not trying to torch him. But watch his postgame pressers. Watch him on the floor. There's this exasperation yeah. always of, you, you know, I, I mean, dude, after the Lakers game, okay, I know you didn't get the calls, okay? I know. And part of why you don't get the calls is because you're undisciplined and you got more guys that complain than anybody. But when he's at the postgame press conference under his breath saying, uh, yeah, the, for the, the free throws that the Lakers got, when he's trying to pin it on that, this is not the place or time. Now, if you want to call the league post game, knock yourself out. But I'm going to tell you right now, the answer to question three is coaching because that's where that starts. The answer to question one and what I, what I would demand is I would say, oh, okay, when it comes to Cat, I want you to bring me a study. And here's that study. Guys considered to be, let's just say, top 10 players in this league through the years, eight years in, correct? Yeah. Eight years in. Bring me a study of their records their team's records, and playoff successes or failures. Because Carl Anthony Towns' lack of wins and lack of playoff success is absolutely ridiculous. And that goes back to, I don't think he's a winning player. I don't think he is a winning player. And if this show, which we've done, is going to get on Kirk Cousins for the exact same thing with a far superior regular season record, there is no way that we can't do the exact same thing and actually be harsher on Cat. Yeah, I, and I don't care if he had a great three quarters. Well, and if and if you determine, and I and I will tweak what you said for my own take on this, which is he is a great skilled player. He's mm-hmm. or he's a he's a highly skilled uh, player. He has great skills, I guess. But there's a difference mm-hmm. between being a highly skilled. Uh, player that or or the, a player that has great skills versus a player that knows how to win and operate and navigate foul trouble, navigate the end of a game. Right? Those are all those are all very nuanced things that you have to sort of figure out if you want to be a champion or the leader of a team. I could still see him much like Kevin Love because Kevin Love had a little of this too, where he was kind of an emotional guy and he would he was kind of immature when he played for the Timberwolves and even like the early part of his time with. LeBron James in Cle- it was Cleveland, right? Um, yeah. He, like LeBron, there are some stories that like LeBron didn't like him and, and Kevin Love was kind of being frozen out and LeBron sent a weird tweet out like 10 years ago or whenever it was, you know, saying something about like, just be yourself. And he was kind of subtweeting Kevin Love. They had like a weird thing. and the, But then all of a sudden Kevin Love looked around and said, all right, yeah, I, I'm just going to fit in. It was like fit in or get out or something like that was the weird tweet. Right. And and my point is, Kevin Love became an excellent third piece on a championship team. I think that's Carl Anthony Towns. I really do. I think he could be, if if he's at some point up for it, if it makes sense, pecking order-wise on whatever team he's on, I would like that to be with the Timberwolves. I just don't think you're going to get very far running your whole franchise through Carl Anthony Towns. And they're in the middle of this weird transition where, is it going to be Ant? But then Ant has a chance in a playing game against the Lakers, and I get that he's banged up. Like, here's your chance, man. Cat's playing well in the first half. If you guys just tag team this together, boom, blast off. And he goes three for 17. So he's not ready for it. You know? That's the thing. Like, how does this franchise get Cat in the third spot? And if, the, and if they can't, would it be better to leverage his value 
and get yes. two pieces and some draft picks back and send him to some organization that can slot him in as like a number two or a number three. I don't think you can give Cat the keys to the car, which this franchise has done completely. Like, I mean, he is in charge. And then say, you know what? Really? We've thought about this long and hard. You're really a three, which which he can. I agree with you. He can go to a team with a star or two and be a, a three. But that's a guy who is who can effectively be along for the ride. Cat perceives himself as a captain. Cat thinks that he's in charge. And he will never win, in my opinion, in this league, trying to be that guy. It's not possible. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the emotional intelligence. He doesn't have the the dog to his game. Like there's just so many things. He literally and People were, God bless him, making excuses right and left. He literally played a quarter thinking, well, I'm in foul trouble. Huge game, right? And he's been dominant so far. And by the way, he knows he's the only, he was the only guy that had a chance to win that game. Because Ant was, we've talked about this, having having a terrible game. And he literally, like on the switches, is still like, well, if I, if I go too hard on Reeves, I might get a foul. So I'm just not going going to yeah it's like think about that for a second it's a weird mindset like yes if if the end it's kind of like the you know go back to kirk cousins it's kind of like well the defense was rolling uh safety help over the top so can't throw it to jefferson anymore correct and kevin o'connell came in he's like no actually you can (laughs) see the buffalo game see the giant but then the playoff game right but but like at his core he's like well they roll safety help over the top i can't throw it to the receiver that i want to so what are we supposed to do and Cat's kind of the same way. Well, I mean, they're, I got five fouls, which aren't my fault. And uh, they're running a double team at me sometimes. And so I just, I, I really need to just kind of bow out of this. That's, that's pretty much what happened in the fourth quarter overtime. There's not, there's not like another option. So he, in his mind, the options are, and again, he was marvelous in the first two and a half, three quarters. He was marvelous. I feel like we have to say that, right? But the game yeah. continues, and it's still, a, you know. Well, he, but he put the wolves in a position to win. Correct. That's what he's supposed to do. And then, and the, then he's supposed to complete it. And then the game continues, and and his options in his mind are: well, I can either be aggressive and in and pick up a sixth foul and be out, or I can just like remove myself from the offense. There's not a middle ground in there somewhere. There's not something you can. And Chris Finch, dude. There's okay. You know that your star player is feeling this way. There's not some action you can run that gets him an open look in the corner for three, five times in the fourth quarter. So, like, these are the things, especially if they lose tomorrow night, you have to unpack all of this in the next two months and just see what you can or can't or should or shouldn't do once the league year turns over in early July. So, um, boy, it'd be fun tomorrow night to be on underdog. Actually, this whole time of year, you got baseball, hockey yeah, playoffs, great. NBA. You got major season for golf decks. It's a good time to be on underdog. Great time. Actually, they already have some early lines out uh, for some pick'em options on Wolves and Thunder. How about Cat at twenty three and a half points over under? What do you think? Gut check right now. Twenty three and a half for Cat against the Thunder. I think. Uh, I think he. I think he's going to come out and get in a little foul trouble early, and I think it's going to have to be an Ant Conley Rudy game. Okay. So I'm okay. going to take the. Under. I don't think he's terrible, but I think I'm going to take the under on that. And then you could also Over. maybe take twenty six and a half for Anthony Edwards. Then mm-hmm. if Anthony Edwards does bounce mm-hmm. back, and, and why don't you ride a little bit of a, an under on Josh Giddy? Okay, thirty seven and a half points, rebounds, assists. That is that is a big time game for Josh Giddy. You can you can ride these waves at Underdog Fantasy. Promo code score. 
S-K-O-R. They'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks if you're a first-time user. We love seeing all the slips that listeners send us. It helps them out at Underdog. It helps us out at Score North. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app. Awesome. So, all right, thanks for hanging with us here. Minnesota Sports with Mackie and Judd on a reckless speculation Thursday. We'll see what happens at Target Center tomorrow night. See you.